Hey everyone, welcome to the. Sorry. <laughs> we do need a break. Oh God. Welcome to the latest episode of Oxygen Starved, the podcast that brings you your ABCs, adventure, books, and conversations from 11,000 feet with your esteemed hosts, Dr. Stacy Adler of the Mono County Office of Education and Mr. Christopher Platt of the Mono County Free Library. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the current episode of the Oxygen Starved Podcast, where we bring you your ABCs, your adventure books and conversation from 11,000 feet in these beautiful, achingly beautiful Eastern Sierra. I'm Christopher. And I'm Stacy. And, and with us, as always, is producer Doug. Hey, Doug. Yo, how's it going, people? <laughs> it's... We're- we're a little punchy oh, today. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hear you. I don't know whether it's the uh, barometric pressure or whatever, or the the cooking temperature in my my office here. I'm not sure what it is, but I'm out of it too. <laughs> you know, we're so close to the end of the school year, right? And I think it's just kind of got everybody in a tizzy, whirlwind, crazed mindset. I'm with you. I'm with you. There we go. You know, we're so close. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's little steps these days and we'll get there and yeah, then summer hits. Yes. So, summer's time for adventure, right, Stace? Yes. <laughs> Finally, we can get out and move about the country. Yeah. The area and no kidding. And I know that people, you know, we're recording this in early June and people have already been coming up. Memorial Day was a pretty solid yes. weekend up here with, you know, Mule Days came back, the campgrounds were open, you know, people were up in Mono County all over. Man, I haven't seen that many trailers on the road in a very long time. It's bi- 395 has been busy. My, yeah. you know, my 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 daughter Tessa is learning to drive, and she was <laughs> driving into town with all this traffic, and she it it was a little concerning for her. How many? Why are there all these cars, Mom? Well, <laughs> it's, it's summertime. Well, yeah, it is. And, you know, there are places you can get off the road responsibly. Yes. And, you know, we each kind of did something recently along those yeah. lines, right? Why yeah. Tell was, us about what you've been up to. Well, we took our mountain bikes for a spin over the weekend, which was super fun. Um, you've It's been a while for me since I've been on a, on an, on a bike that goes somewhere. not a stationary bike, but a bike that actually moves. And, you know, I've had a couple of surgeries. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, getting back on after that is a little, it was a little scary, but my husband and I, we took, took the bikes and we went back off of, um, Owens Gorge road and hit the trails back there. And the main road was actually quite a bit more trafficy than there were quite a quite a lot more cars going on that road than we expected, but we got off to the trails off to the side and, Oh, we just had the the best time. Um, 
you know, navigating those trails and not quite sort of knowing where we were going, but not really <laughs> knowing. Um, and, you know, of course with, you know, with mountain biking, when you're not as, um, what versed and it's been a while, I had a couple of, um, misunderstandings with some shrubbery and some trees. <laughs> Who won? Um, well, <laughs> if you look at my left leg, you would say that I won. But if you look at my right leg, <laughs> the trees were probably the victors. It's pretty, oh. pretty cut up on both sides. But, you know, that's part of the fun of, you know, you get your badges of honor. And yeah. um, no, but it was it was really, really fun. And, I, you know, I forgot how great it is to be outside and getting dirty and right just being in nature where you know nobody else is around it was it was so much fun and that's such a beautiful little portion of the county up there you know the yeah. pinion trees the kind of like the pink tufa rocks and everything and yeah, you get lost, but you're you're going to end up at a road or a lake somewhere. So just go. Yeah, eventually everything always comes back around, and um, yeah, it was it was really fun. We hadn't intended to be out riding for as long as we were. You know, mm-hmm. um, we were just enjoying ourselves so much. And the worst, you know, the worst thing about having stayed longer than we thought was we didn't have any water. Oh, and right. So, And, you know, when you're mountain biking, you get all that dust in your throat and your lungs. And um, so that was a little uncomfortable coming home. We didn't even have water in the truck. So it was was a long ride to get home to get some water. (laughs) But it was it was nothing a bottle of Powerade couldn't cure. Couldn't couldn't help. Right. Yeah, exactly. So it was it was super fun and can't wait to go out again this weekend. And um just get more comfortable on the bike and technique and stuff like that. It's been a long time since I've oh, been on a awesome. mountain bike. So it was fun. What about you? You, you went to a similar area. We did, you know, we, um, we've been out and about a lot recently, like you just getting outside and getting our boots dirty and mm-hmm. breathing in the dust. And, um, you know, we went just kind of maybe a little southeast of where you were. If you're mm-hmm. if you're going out towards the the Owen Gorge Road, Owens Gorge Road off of Benton Crossing, which again is kind of near Crowley Lake, east of Crowley yeah, Lake. Right. Um, you kind of get into that backcountry there. There's another road called Chidago Canyon Road, mm-hmm. which many people who listen to us will recognize. It's it's a kind of a popular area with those four wheel off road vehicles and that sort of thing. And again, just another beautiful little quiet segment of the county. But what I love about that is you kind of just going up through these rolling hills and what have you, and you know, there's old mines and there's the pinion trees and the vistas back towards the Sierra and over to the whites. But at one point you dive down into Jujago Canyon itself, mm-hmm. which is, you know, carved out of that, um, you know, pink rock that is part of that whole like lava flow that you can see yep. from the lower portion of the county and over Bishop, you know, and you're just kind of going, it's like a little mini grand Canyon in a way without the water <laughs> at the bottom, you're driving in these little caves and these little, little quiet places and wondering if the truck is going to fit through this turn. And if someone's going to be around the blind corner, you know, right. 
<laughs> but it's fun, you know, and you're down in there. It's, it's very scenic, of course. It makes you really respect the geology of the area more because the rocks are carved in unique ways. You can really see yeah. what water does to this mm-hmm. and also how they must have been liquid when they formed in some cases. And then, you know, the, the, uh, wildlife and the foliage around there is really unique. It's just, you're out there by yourself for the most part. We did pass a few people, you know, um, but again, people were being really respectful. No one was really going off road anywhere, you know, crushing the brush or anything like that, which was great. Um, but you do just, you, it's close to home. It's an easy out for a morning drive or a morning bike ride or hike or whatever. And then, you know, you're back home again. And, uh, it was just that little breath of what you need during the day to give you energy to get through the rest of it. Yeah. Just getting, just getting out right is yeah. so meaningful and so helpful to your psyche. Yeah. Um, no matter, no matter if you're on wheels or on foot, you yeah, know, it, totally. So that's great. Yeah. Do you have any good. other, any other plans coming up? <laughs> yeah, we want to get, you know, now that the backcountry is opening up again and the snow melted so early this year, yeah. we're starting to hear from our friends, you know, Bishop Pass is easy to hike and, you know, the, the trails out of Rock Creek and above the ma- the Lakes Basin in Mammoth are, are fairly open and free. And Thank so we're going to just, you know, do what we do every summer, pick a canyon and go, right? Yeah. Isn't that what's so great about being here is that you can just do that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, we've got, we've got our trail picked out for this weekend and (laughs) can't wait to going to do some paddle, paddle boarding on Saturday and mountain biking on Sunday. So it's time to get out. It's why we live here, right? Yep. Absolutely. (laughs) So much fun. So listeners, I hope you have some adventures planned for yourselves coming up here And stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're dialed in to Oxygen Starved, the podcast that brings you your ABCs, adventure, books, and conversations from 11,000 feet, originating from the slopes of Mammoth Mountain in Mono County, California. You can find us at SoundCloud. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us at OxygenStarvedPodcast.com. Just make sure you find us. Welcome back, listeners. We are at the B book section of our podcast, and we always have a good time with this section. Lots to say. And this week, we're just talking about books that we're reading now. And yeah. I think we're we're both on the trend of reading books that have some humor to them. <laughs> that says a little bit about where our minds are right now, right? Yes, exactly. The more the more humor we can get into our lives, the better right now because it's just <laughs> this is a crazy time of year. So, Christopher, let's start with you. What are you reading now? Yeah, so I picked a new book that just came up on the spring publishing season, and it is called The Funny Thing About Norman Foreman by Julietta Henderson, and this is a first novel uh, that just came out. It actually came out simultaneously in the UK and the US, Um, so it's written from a UK perspective, but it's still a a great book. And I will admit, we listened to this as an audiobook on a vacation last week. Um, so we didn't read it. We 
actually listen to it in the in the car as we were driving, and, and the narration was really well done. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of a sweet, funny debut story with not just a heartwarming ending, but many smaller lifts throughout as the main character, Norman, and the other main character, his mom, Sadie, embark on this unlikely journey that, that gets them out of their comfort zones and, and helps them grow as individuals and as a small family. So, um, yeah, let me just tell you a little bit more about what the plot is. But to your point, Stace, this is kind of like a feel-good make uh-huh. you feel good book it's it's heartwarming so is Norman it kind him, of a buddy story yeah it kind of is in a way but not in the way you might expect so okay. Norman is a bit of an awkward 12 year old he's you know you, you remember that age or you worked yep. at that age you're not quite a mm-hmm. child anymore and you're not quite a teen yet um and you know that awkward stage and he's got some other issues going on but he has finally found what he calls his rolls royce of best friends in a classmate named Jax, who is Jax is a bit wilder and more extroverted than norman is so they kind of balance each other out and they they become fast friends and they also become obsessed with becoming a comedy duo and set out (laughs) this elaborate five-year plan to make it happen and all based on Jax's first rule of comedy. And he has a first rule of comedy for everything. And in fact, every chapter in this book starts with the first rule of comedy. So that's kind of one of the themes of the book. Um, But then Jax dies as a child. And as Norman copes with his grief, he decides he needs to go through with a version of that five-year plan um, as a tribute to his best friend, Jax. Um, even though Norman was the straight man in the duo, he was not the punchline guy. Norman is very upfront that he has awful comic timing. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's kind of a, gets you that first edge of how serious the story is. Mm-hmm. He also decides, you know, it's, it's Norman and his mom, Sadie, who's a single mom and Norman has never known who his father is. So he decides he needs to ask his mother who his father is, which sets up the conundrum for Sadie's character to play out through the novel. Uh-huh. Um, it's a topic she's avoided for 12 years and realizes she can no longer avoid it as her son is going through this important, you know, change in his life and that's what sets up the story so i'm not giving away any of the endings here i'm setting up how the story goes um the the novel is it reads very quickly it's told in the alternating voices of sadie and norman from chapter to chapter so you're in the minds of both characters i do too right yeah it kind of helps you understand how the different characters place themselves um it's not a book for 12-year-olds. Let me be upfront about that. There's okay. some adult topic, t- topics discussed here and some language, so it's more of an adult book. Maybe some you know uh, older teens would appreciate it. But it keeps the reader engaged, and you get a better understanding of Sadie's motivations for having held on a, about connecting her son with his father as the story develops. The pace is like really gentle. It's engaging. Mm-hmm. And while we were listening to it, you know those driveway moments? Um you know, it, yeah. it, it, you get to the point, you get to where you're going while you're driving. And, and, you, and you, you don't, don't want to get out of the car. <laughs> you don't want to get out of the car. So, you know, all the way down six hours to Morro Bay and we didn't want to get out of the car at the parking yeah. lot. Um, you know, so that tells you it's a little bit of a good book. Um, it's also just heartwarming. It, I think I said that before. It's got the right yeah. mix of humor and poignancy that the story applies and promise that leaves the reader with a sense of uplift. And the supporting cast of characters that they meet 
along the way is a very motley lot. They help keep things moving along. Um, and, you know, I just would, I would recommend this, especially for parents, but also as a good read for anyone who remembers that part of their childhood when they were just beginning to emerge as their own person yeah. and with their own ambitions. You know, it's, it was a good book. How did they handle it when the best friend, you know, when there's the death of the child, was that a hard, you know, that could be so hard, you know? Yeah. And you know, the author, it made me wonder if the author had experienced, I haven't researched this, whether the author had Mm -hmm. experienced that at some point in her life, because I felt it was handled very deftly. This is kind of a comic novel, right? So to have that kind of thing happen, the death of a young child, um, really could go the right way or it can go really wrong. That's why I was asking that question, because it seems so out of place in a book like this. So because the author puts you in alternating chapters in both heads, um, you know, you hear you, the perspective of the mother during that whole period, you, you understand her sense of loss Mm -hmm. and how she feels like she doesn't really know how to help her son, you know, because I imagine any parent would be like, okay, what do I say? Right. Right. Um, and so in a way it's, you know, her taking her son's cues and also trying to be supportive and also just going through her own grief because she, she loved this other kid too. Like, right. you know, they were best buds and he brought out in her son things that, you know, he didn't get elsewhere. And then from Norman's perspective, you know, he's a 12 year old and he's mm-hmm. really, really, really sad and it makes him reflect and he kind of retreats into himself and that's really that mental process of retreating and processing his friendship with, with Jax that, gives him the bravery and the courage to try and do their five-year comedy plan on his own. <laughs> I love it, that. It's awesome. And you see Norman evolve during this. Mm-hmm. It, it becomes an adventure for them to actually right. get him to do stand-up comedy. And, and he evolves as a person mm-hmm. and they evolve as mother and son. And it's uh, it's really sweet and really well done. Nice. Sounds great. It is. So we'll have copies in the library. It's it's the funny thing happened to Norman about Norman Foreman by Juliet Henderson. We'll put the link on. And Stacy, over to you. What have you been reading? Well, uh, you know, I read a book that is, I think, kind of similar in tone, but very different. Mm-hmm. If if that makes sense. And so <laughs> I, <laughs> I just finished it. As a matter of fact. Um, it's called Agatha Arch is Afraid of Everything, and it's by Kristen Bear. <laughs> the it title is, alone is awesome. Isn't, isn't it great? Uh, this came out in September 2020, mm-hmm. and uh, it's, I believe, Kristen Bear's second novel. And um, it is, so Agatha Arch is the protagonist. She is the mm-hmm. main character, and indeed, she is afraid of everything. And at the opening of the book, and she's a middle-aged woman. She's got two young sons. At the opening of the book, she catches her husband in a very compromising position with Uh-oh. the neighborhood dog walker. Oh, no. In their shed in their backyard. Okay. And she proceeds to find a hatchet, a little hatchet, and destroy the shed. <laughs> While they're in it? it they have fl- they have flown out of <laughs> they, they are not harmed there's no murder <laughs> but you know this event completely changes her life her husband moves out and moves in 
to the, the dog walker's home. The sons now are going back and forth. And, you know, and here is Agatha who has all of these anxieties, mm-hmm. you know, as it is mm-hmm. now it finds herself alone. Mm. And, you know, it just, it just serves to heighten all of her anxieties, but it's, this is written in so with such, you know, with such warmth for Agatha, you know, the author clearly loves this character. Right. And so while her, all of her anxieties and all of her quirkiness could have been really annoying, Mm -hmm. they're really just very endearing. It's who the, the, the character is. And so, so Agatha sees a, a therapist who she calls the shrinky dink and <laughs> you know, the shrinky dink just really, you know, lays it on the line has, you know, doesn't coddle her in, in any way calls her on all of her stuff. Mm-hmm. And Agatha like doesn't care, you know? And so, <laughs> you know, it's just so, it's just so fun. The interplay between all the characters is, is hilarious. And they're, like Agatha, she decides she's going to go spy on her husband and mm-hmm. and his his girlfriend, and mm-hmm. and so she buys these spy pants. That's what <laughs> she calls them. They have like all these pockets, and so she puts like a a Leatherman, like a Swiss Army knife tool in one of the pockets, and she buys a GoPro to wear oh, on her no. head and. You know, I mean, she does all these things and she goes and like climbs the tree across from their house and sits in their tree. And then later in the book, she buys a drone <laughs> and, and she befriends a 15 year old girl who teaches her how to operate the drone. <laughs> and, and then she's a part of these this the Facebook group that all the moms in the town are on. And she is so antagonistic really? to this group. So, like, somebody will post, well, so like one, at one point, somebody posts, I don't know which table lamp to get. You know, like, they post all these questions, like, I need a, a pediatrician, go. Right, and then right. all the moms, you know, in right. The, right? So, somebody posts, I just don't know which table lamp should I get, go. And Agatha's like, are you kidding me? And she goes around her house and takes pictures of all the table lamps. And, <laughs> you know, uh, she so, just. It sounds ahead. like a, it sounds like a Melissa McCarthy movie, like a it, movie with a really great character actress. Yes, it, it that would that would be perfect casting really? for, for this. It, it really would be. I mean, it's just but, you know, over the course of the novel. I Agatha grows a lot, you know, and she, she starts to overcome these anxieties and, you know, you're rooting for her, you know, you want her to be okay. Right. And, and it's really great to see her open up and, you know, find these new friends. So over her character's arc, because the setup you give it is really great. Like, Something she's going to change somehow. Is this a, a character who evolves into a new character, like she's transformed, or does she just overcome some anxieties and become more comfortable or confident 
with herself. Definitely the latter. You know, yeah. she just she's 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 becoming a better version of herself, right? right? And you know, you could see that you know, when when the novel ends, she's only going to you know, you you're hopeful, you're optimistic, you know, right. that she's moved on and you know, there were some there were some great great quotes and great like they have all these little quirky sayings like that she had with there. This takes place in the Boston suburb areas, you know, like an upper middle class suburb of, of Boston and Mm -hmm. Agatha and her ex-husband and her sons, they're huge Boston Red Sox fans. So like, instead of saying, Oh, for God's sakes, they say, um, Oh, for big poppy's sake. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, like she's all these like quirky ways that she says things. And at one point she she's invited to this woman's house for lunch. But she's you know, she doesn't this woman has to like stalk her to get her to come to lunch. And finally oh, wow. she does. And the woman gets up to go to the kitchen to get salt or something like that. And Agatha switches the plates. Because <laughs> she's not sure if the mom if, you know if the mom's going to poison her or not. And, <laughs> um, it sounds quirky. It, it definitely is quirky. And um, you know, there's one line in it that I really loved. And this was in response to um, this idea that you you are always getting information. You are always getting responses in, in, in near real time, you know, like you don't have to wait for everything. And Agatha says, but is this immediacy a good thing? What does it do to hearts and minds and anxiety levels to know everything good and bad at every moment? And I thought, oh, if that's not the question of the day for all of us, right? Seriously, right now. Yeah, it really is. You know, it's so true. Sorry, I think about that a lot. Like, you know, you and I are not old, but we're of a generation that remembers pre-texting. Right. You know, if you wanted something quick, you went down somewhere and you faxed it somewhere, but you never really did that. Like you, we used postage, you know, and right. We didn't carry phones with us everywhere. So, like, how did people meet up, you know? And we were just more patient, and news came out on a certain cycle. It didn't didn't ramp up your heart rate every 30 seconds, and yeah. Yeah, you had had time. uh, Just a natural cadence of life was slower so that you had time to process what was happening in the world. And, you know, what (laughs) that, that, that line really struck me because I was just saying to somebody the other day that I feel like uh, TikTok is making my ADD go haywire. I mean, you know, it's like exacerbated. Like I can't even, I don't even have the patience to sit through a 60 second little video anymore because, okay, I'm over it. Move on. What's the next? And <laughs> do we really need that in our lives? You know, <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't know. It's funny. But I really enjoyed this book. I would highly recommend it. It's definitely it. While it, it's not at the level of a palate cleanser. I mean, it's it's not that breezy. Mm-hmm. There is some weight to this because you know, at the end of the day, your your main character is 
is a woman who, you know, she's got some stuff. She's, you know, she's, she is dealing. There's, there's a subplot about a homeless person, you know, throughout the novel, you know, there is some definite, um, weightier themes about it, but at the same time, I, there, there were lots of times where I just laughed out loud or just really, you know, enjoyed this character. That's brilliant. I'm definitely adding it to my list because it sounds just right up my alley. I think you would like it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listeners, we hope you like these choices too. This was Agatha Arch is afraid of everything. Everything. Yes. Um, we will order copies for the library, but of course, you know, you can also get them at your bookstore, mm-hmm. you know, support your bookie joint and yep. Mona, Mona Lake bookstore and Spellbinder. Um, and hopefully you find some books that make you laugh or make you just think about the pace of things as we move into what should hopefully be a little bit more relaxing summer, right? Let's hope so. <laughs> And we will be back in a second with our conversation segment and talk about some really inspiring stuff. See you in a minute. Oxygen, a colorless, odorless reactive gas, the chemical element of atomic number eight and the life-supporting component of the air. Starved, suffering a severe and damaging lack of basic material and cultural benefits. Oxygen Starved Podcast, a colorless, odorless, culture-packed, nutritious podcast considering books, describing Mono County adventure, and engaging in informative conversation with colorful Eastside Sierra locals. Download it now. Welcome back, listeners. We are at the C portion of the podcast, the conversation portion. We love this portion, right, Stace? We do. Always great to talk to interesting people. In our area. And, you know, Stace, you and I talk a lot about how some of our most important um, clients in libraries, we call them patrons or users, and you Mm -hmm. have students, are our youngest learners and our youngest readers, right? Especially those zero to five um, age who are just really learning how to read and how to grasp concepts and what have you. And if we get them while they're young, we're setting them up for success later in life, right? to be lifelong learners, lifelong readers. Absolutely. That's the goal. Yeah. That's, those are the, some of the stories that put some of the biggest smiles on our faces when we do that. Right. So we are very pleased today um, to have invited Shalise Miller, who is the Mono County library's early literacy coordinator and does a lot of this work through the library um, to be our guest today. So welcome Shalise. Hi, Shalise. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We're so glad you could join us today. Thank you. I'm excited. <laughs> good. <laughs> and we're already getting a sense of why you're so good at this job. But before we get there, Shalise, we always ask our, our guests, um, what is your origin story? Like, where are you from and how did you end up in Mono County and Mammoth? Well, I started in Bakersfield. I am born and raised Bakersfield. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I met my husband who is also from Bakersfield um, in about 1988. So we've been married for quite a while. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. We ended up moving into the Antelope Valley area 
when I was probably about 19 or 20. So I'm really showing my age here. Mm -hmm. Um, And we started having our family in Tehachapi, California. So our kids were born and raised in that Tehachapi area. We lived there for about 22 years. Wow. And I was a full-time stay-at-home mom. feel very privileged to have had that opportunity. Right. And, um, you know, working with kids, that was something from the time I was 18 on that I just dove right into. I love lots of volunteer work in the schools and so forth. And then I spent some time in Tehachapi as an early um, child development coordinator, not coordinator, a director, actually, (laughs) and for a private preschool. And when our kids were graduated and out of the house, we decided we needed something a little bit more. And we followed our oldest to Mammoth. And we've been here since about 2014. Wow. That's great. That's that's that um, kind of like get out of the big city um, and go to the go to the mountains story we're so familiar with. I am not a city girl. <laughs> I love no, is it? <laughs> Absolutely. I keep moving up out of Bakersfield. So. <laughs> Thumbs up. So um, uh, you followed your. It's your son, right? Who you followed up. Yes. Yeah. And we were privileged. And yes, we had, we had him and his lovely wife on the podcast a, a couple summers ago and they're, they're wonderful. And that was great to talk with them about their endeavor in Rock Creek and everything that they're doing. Do you, we are really proud. do you spend any time working with them? Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes, Um, absolutely. At at Rock Creek, it is definitely a family affair. So (laughs) if I'm not here working through the library or some of the other things that I do, I'm at Rock Creek in (laughs) cabins. I work in the store. The one thing I won't do is cook. (laughs) <laughs> not going to spend time in the kitchen. <laughs> Sounds like you do enough as it is. Yes. So, um, Shalise, we were really pleased to get you to join the library as our early literacy coordinator a while back. Can you tell us, tell our listeners what that role entails and what we do for our youngest patrons around the county? Absolutely. Um, one thing I do want to share, one thing that I don't do, I don't teach kids how to read. That is not my role. Right. Um, my my goal is to try try and inspire a love for books, mm-hmm. which will then hopefully turn into a love for reading. So that's a lot of what I do, and it's so much fun. I work with children to build their early school readiness skills. And so we're always trying to tie in and extend the stories during story time which we do every Wednesday. Mm -hmm. We can catch me on Facebook right now virtually, but eventually we'll come back into the library, 1030 on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And um, I am able with the Raising a Reader program, we have some affiliate sites. These are preschools or daycare settings around the county. I'm able to go visit these sites and share stories with them and hopefully get them excited about books. What would you say in terms of working with parents is your 
your role that you play? Since you're not the teacher of reading, they are in many cases. So how do you work with parents to encourage that? I view myself and my role as a support system for Mm -hmm. parents and families in our county. And um, a lot of my time is spent trying to find what those needs are, whether it be in the preschool setting, or maybe these are families that are just coming in and visiting the library. Mm -hmm. And I want to help build trust and give them resources and be a resource for them. Mm -hmm. That's great. It really is important, right? Because if parents are the ones modeling the behavior, that's the best influence that child can experience. You know, reading in the home is so important. Yeah. So, Shalice, you know, this last year was kind of challenging for all of us, right? (laughs) And every time I tuned in on a Wednesday at 1030, there was Shalice, and sometimes she was outside in the snow, and sometimes she was out in the trees, and sometimes she was in her house. Or, you know, can you talk a little bit about, like, the challenges were and how you approached those? Because, you know, it was wonderful, but my gosh, you know, you really, the creativity that you have to bring to each week is, is so important. Well, yeah, that was quite the experience. Um, (laughs) I came on as the early literacy coordinator in February of 2020. It was actually 2-20-2020. (laughs) (laughs) And I have the most fabulous boss, um, Carissa Devine, who is our youth manager at the library. Uh, She... I helped to train and walk me through what my my job would be. We had about two weeks together, and then COVID (laughs) happened. Um, I was extremely nervous and so appreciative for her. She modeled um, how this Mm -hmm. was going to go, and we just jumped in, and we did it. So... um, being outside and, and so forth, I, I really wanted to bring that time. I wanted kids to see that you can take books anywhere. Right. And mm-hmm. I wanted them to also have some fun with the scenery. You know, who wants right. to look right. at a wall? Right. Who wants to look at this <laughs> lease all the time? <laughs> so that was a lot of my reason to try and shake it up a little bit and uh, keep it interesting. It was great. You know, I do a lot of meetings with other state library leaders around California during this time, and we would share what each library was doing. And I was always so glad to be able to say, go check out Mammoth Lakes because, you know, our literacy coordinator is out in the trees today. Um, (laughs) That's a very unique thing to be able to say. You know, another thing that you and Carissa did was a Storytime Presents, right? Can you talk a little bit about Mm -hmm. that? Absolutely. This is such an exciting program. Again, Carissa is the one who jump-started this program. It is a way to get the entire community involved and support these families and these children. We're seeing each other in masks all year long. So um, it was a really nice way to let the children meet our community members, whether it was a baker, um, you saw that we had Brandon from Blue, mm-hmm. um, or someone that is 
just a, a community member extraordinaire that may be walking around and you would see in the grocery store. So what the program is, it is recorded versus what I do. I go live and I'm able to interact with our viewers. It's a recorded read aloud and community members can just share that with us. And we have it available on Mondays. So anyone who's listening, just give me an email message and we would love to get you involved in that. Absolutely. It, I, I, did, I got to do one and it was really, it was super fun. Really. And your daughter. I should do another one. And my daughter did one too. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love it. It's people from all, like you said, Shalise, it's someone you could see in the, sup- the supermarket. You know, it's people from yeah. all parts of the county, all walks of life, engaging in that behavior of reading, you know, that is just mm-hmm. so important to model. I'm really glad you guys are, are keeping that going. And so, thank you so much, Stacy and Christopher. Oh. Those were awesome, awesome recordings. <laughs> yeah, I'm not it always was, so it, good. <laughs> yeah, it it took. A, I know here at our house, recording those took a few t- attempts. <laughs> we were we were not one take, one and done. <laughs> but it, it was, was awesome. so much fun. It was really fun. So, Shalise, the week that we're recording this right now is the week that we're starting the graduations for Raising a Reader, right? What's that like? We are. In fact, I just returned from our first graduation. And in the past, from what I understand, um, my predecessor, who I just hear extraordinary things about, and she did such a wonderful job, she would do blue bag graduations. Well, last year we couldn't do that because of COVID. And this year, still a little trepidation there as far as trying to get into classrooms. How would that work? So I presented the idea of a Raising a Reader end of the year pop-up celebration. We are still using those blue bags. Mm -hmm. And um, as you know, with Raising a Reader, they have bright red bags. Well, as we close it out and as you finish the program, you receive a blue bag. And we place cute little gifts inside and gift certificates or certificates of completion for those that went through a full rotation. And this morning, we had Sarah McConnell do some music. So we presented some music, some movement, a story, and a a little award assembly. Oh, that's wonderful. Very nice. A lot of fun. And about how many kids participated in that? Uh, this classroom is only about six, seven children, I believe. Okay. Tomorrow we're going to have 22. Wow. That's and, great. Um, yeah, so that will be our largest, I believe, about 22 to 25. That's great. Awesome. That's really fun. It's fun. It's also important because it's countywide, right? This isn't just Mammoth. Like you're up in Bridgeport, right. you're in Levining, mm-hmm. you're going out to Benton. It's terrific. I'm everywhere. <laughs> you are. <laughs> our, little, our little library car is getting a lot of mileage out of you. Yes, the traveling librarian. <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. So, Shalise, we talked a lot about what you do while you're working for the library. What do you do when you're not working for the library and not supporting Rock Creek Lodge? I mean, what do you and your husband do when you're just for fun? You know, what, what do you well, like actually, to do? Actually, those things are really fun. And I love, love, love it. <laughs> 
<laughs> but in addition, actually, I just bought a new backpack. I love to hike and I will be backpacking, have some dates and reservations on my calendar already for summer. Wonderful. Yes. I ski a lot. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I work as a mountain host during the winter oh, time on the mountain. And let's biking. I love to bike, do a little um dirt or the downhill biking right. not, mm-hmm. not not yeah. motorized so much and <laughs> yeah I, I think that what I enjoy most is just hiking and being outside in the back country yeah. that's my favorite do you have a favorite was, oh go ahead Stace oh I was was that always part of your life and what what you did were you always an outdoorsy backpacking mountain biking kind of person well, Stacy, actually, I've always been an outdoorsy person, but I will tell you, I had never hiked until I was in my thirties. And I remember one time my husband and I being in Yosemite and we went to the store, we had our fudge, we're eating and it's so yummy. We're just sitting and watching these people with their backpacks. And I thought, why would anyone want to do that? (laughs) (laughs) And then my husband, along with a couple of our friends, talked me into going on a hike. This hike was Mount Whitney. Oh, wow. And when they told me about it, I said, well, that sounds really great. I'm just going to get to the first lake and have a good day laying out at the lake and you guys go have fun. (laughs) Well, I kept going. I loved it. And I went to the top and coming down, I just realized this is the most magnificent thing. And why haven't I been doing this before? Yeah. So it was in my thirties. I became hooked on hiking and being awesome. in the backcountry. Well, I don't think there are too many people that could say that summiting Mount Whitney was their first hike. That's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite trail or a favorite area? I do. Um, I love the Rock Creek area now. It mm-hmm. is becoming a little more crowded. Yeah. yeah. And I enjoy getting into the area around Agnew Meadows and, yeah. and that mm-hmm. space. Those are probably my favorite since um, Amy King came into our lives. You know, mm-hmm. and, and Steve and Amy are at Rock Creek. Prior right. to that, we didn't go beyond um, maybe Bishop. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And we hiked a lot in that area. But now, yeah, I would say Rock Creek is my favorite. I wouldn't disagree. I think it's so beautiful up there. It's one of my favorites, too. We just, for the first time, not to to make this about me, we just, for the first time a couple weeks ago, brought our little dog and walked the trail from the campgrounds of Upper Rock Creek up to the lake and back. We had never done that before. And it's it's more of a walk than a hike than anything else. But it's such a lovely place to to be and it was just before the campground started opening so you kind of felt like you still had a little bit to yourself you know exactly yeah. it was wonderful yeah the, what is your favorite stacy uh, my favorite is the hike from uh the mcgee trailhead to um davis lake that's i just spent my birthday out there Oh, isn't it beautiful? Yes, that is one of my favorites too. It's just there, gorgeous. It it is definitely Davis Lake is one of my happy places. I just 
I love it. Is that a difficult um, hike or a moderate hike or an easy hike? It is, you know, I would say it's, it's moderate to difficult depending on the size of your pack. You mm -hmm. know, if you're, you know, if you're carrying a 30 pound pack, it could be, you know, a little more challenging than if you've got a day pack for sure. Um, and then depending on the time of day, mm. you know, if, if the last time I did that, I came back at like one o'clock in the afternoon because I had to pick up my daughter <laughs> and it was hot. And, <laughs> Very even, hot. Yes. and even though we were coming down, it was, it seemed like a really long hike, but <laughs> yeah. But Would you say, it. Shalice, it's more moderate? It's worth it though, right? Yeah. It definitely is worth it. Definitely. Well, we'll we'll all have to gather for a, a hike sometime yeah. soon. Then we'll I will a, hold you to that. That we'll would be a, fun. We'll do a <laughs> yes. staff meeting hike. How's that? There you go. I love that. <laughs> Great idea. So, Shalise, in all of your um, busy life, you know, I can I know that reading for yourself and your own pleasure is important. So, what are you? reading these days or do you have a favorite book that you always recommend people well you probably guessed and i have a, a shirt to remind everybody i still read children's books yes. <laughs> i'm reading children's books most often it's hard for me to take the time i think for myself so yes children's books would you like to hear what's yes Definitely. Okay. I have to begin with Big Bear Hug by Nicholas Oldman. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Love, love, love this book. And I shared it with one of our affiliates actually when I was doing a Raising a Reader site visit and they were doing a theme around trees. And this is what I found. I just think it is the cutest book. It is about a bear who loves to give hugs and who gives hugs to everything, all living things, even trees. <laughs> until, <laughs> until he comes across a human that was actually attempting to cut down a tree. So oh. I'm going to let you read it to find out. <laughs> so super cute. I love that one. That has even been a book that I have purchased for two baby showers this month. That's great. I highly mm. recommend that one. And then Layla's Happiness written by, and you'll have to catch this one, Mariah Odessa mm -hmm. Edgar Tolle. And the illustrator mm. is Ashley Corin. Now, this book is also, um, it's a newer book. It won two Ezra Jack Keats. It, it, won, it won an Ezra Jack Keats Award, as well as an Ezra Jack Keats Honor. The mm. award was for the illustrations. And yeah. I just wanted to share one thing that the illustrator stated. She said, Sometimes authors and illustrators don't use black characters as the protagonist of their stories because they feel, they feel identifying with a black child will be too difficult for a mainstream audience. And she continues to say, 
I think Keats and many authors and illustrators since have proven this isn't true. And it is her hope that this is what Layla's happiness will continue to prove. So mm. love this book. Yeah. Um, the illustrations are fabulous. And I particularly enjoyed how she um, did the hair mm-hmm. for the little girl. This is about a seven-year, seven-year-old little girl who finds happiness in the simple things. Um, and that can be just stories that her father shares with her or things that her neighbors share with her. So love that one. Are you ready for my sure. next? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now, my next book is still a children's book, but I'm going to add in the one that I finished for myself. Um, let's start out with a children's book, Joanna Gaines. This is called The World Needs Who You Were Made to Be. And it is illustrated and written in true Joanna Gaines style. Um, the illustrator is Juliana Sweeney. It's just simple. It's very classy. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's a story about children of all different shapes and sizes and abilities. And they come together to build some hot air balloons. Mm. And at the end of the story, they release these balloons and they're all just so very unique. So I am just, I love that one too. That's great. Is there anything that woman cannot do? Right? Exactly. (laughs) I love her. When I grow up, I want to be Joanna Gaines. Me too. (laughs) Me too. And then for my personal reading, as you said, and I'm, I'm pretty bad about sitting down and having the time to really focus on books. Mm -hmm. So the books I love to read are usually self-help books. That's all right. I don't know what that says about me. I (laughs) must need a lot of help. Um, This one is actually written by Chip Gaines. (laughs) And it is called Capital Gaines. Smart things I learned doing stupid stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, when I first saw this, the the cover has him just um, kind of bashing through this wall. And we all know his personality. Mm, right. Um, well, it's all over this book. Yeah. Love, love, love it. And I thought it was going to be more just a story about them and their success. Mm-hmm. But it actually turned into a coaching style of book. So I really enjoyed that. I highly recommend it to anyone. Even my husband has picked it up. So this <laughs> is for anyone. Um, I'll just share here a little bit. He says, I've never been one to give luck much credit, but you've got your hands on this book for a reason. And so let's assume this has happened for a reason. That said, for this period of time that we're together, I'd like to be your coach and have you on my team. And that's pretty much how the book goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, brings in a lot of his humor mm-hmm. and his personal stories and some failures that right. he's gone through. So there you go. So those are there's some themes there that come out. Um, you know, I kind of often think of self-help books, which are a hugely important and popular section of any publishing output in the year, right? So yeah. a lot of people read read them and there, I often look at 
picture books, or at least some picture books for our youngest readers as little kind of self-help books in a way, because they're often giving a moral or a message as well, right? And, and self-help books yeah. are a way for adults are, are a messaging kind of book. The other thing I just was picking up as you were talking, Shalise, you know, Chip and Joanna writing books. I mean, that's great modeling behavior, right? But it's also like, you know, I was also thinking about when you were talking about the picture books, because most picture books involve two professionals to pull them off. There's the writer and then the illustrator, which is usually a different person. And that kind of the, the marriage of those two talents really makes or breaks a, a picture book, don't you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I really Yeah, and I th- I think it's interesting too too how authors and illustrators of children's books sometimes many times don't don't know each other, right. are not even in the same city. Right. And um you know, at least prior to technology being available, probably didn't maybe had a phone call with one another. Right. But never could even see each other. And it's, it's pretty fascinating. It is. That's um, amazing. When you learn that. Um, what I find interesting about the Chip Gaines book is that it sounds like, and I really like this when I read self-help books that aren't too preachy, you know, and that, that they, they are human and they tell they're that they are written in kind of in more of a narrative format rather than like a textbook. Right. Exactly. I, I think that's know, what I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Chip, I don't know if you ever watched their show, but I love their show. <laughs> so there, they just seem very down to earth. And especially, you know, he, he's just being silly and, and the yep. comedian of, of the, the two. So it definitely, it was an easy read. But it was also insightful, and it caused me to do some self-reflection, of course. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great. Good assortment. Awesome. Well, we, we will put all the links to all of those books in our show notes and on our website so our readers can find them. And thank you, Shalise, yeah. so much for spending some time with us today and chatting with us. We really appreciate it. Well, I am so honored that you guys invited me. I I do appreciate it. And I have so much respect for each of you. Um, I know you, you both and, and um, in each of your areas, you just bring so much to um, your role and to the community. So thank you. Thank you. Please keep doing more and more of what you do. You're too kind. We, we, we send that back yes. to you double. So, Yeah, and, absolutely. And before we close, I'll just mention to listeners, we're hoping by, you know, this summer to be able to do some outdoor programming at our libraries and hopefully by next school year to be back in swing with story times. You'll all be able to come in and meet Miss Shalise yourself. So that'll be Absolutely. Yes. We are yes, planning. We have summer reading program that begins July the 1st. There's also a kickoff on July the 6th at the Hayden Cabin. So definitely come and join us for that. And we are tentatively planning July will be the month that we begin outdoor programming again. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, that's going to be great. And I'll be there to help. Whatever Yay. I do. So, <laughs> and hopefully um, share a read aloud. I'm going to hold you to yes. that. We all heard it. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Happy, 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 happy to do that. But thank you again, Shalise, for being with us here with us today and for everything that you do yes. for our kids. We really appreciate well, it. Thank and you. listeners, we appreciate you so much. And just want to let you know that we are going to take some time off this summer. We are. And have some adventures on our own that we'll talk about when we come back. Yeah. It's, you know, we've been doing this for over 50 episodes, Stace. I think, you know, my arms are tired. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I know it's gone. It's gone by so fast actually, but um, even, even through, you know, even creating the podcast through COVID, it still has gone by really fast, but you know, a, a break is good for everybody to to re-energize and recharge. And we will be back in August with new content to share with you all. So, and we hope you will come back and join us uh, in that time. But in the meantime, thank you so much. You can check out our website, oxygenstar.com. I'm sorry, oxygenstarpodcast.com <laughs> and our Instagram page, O2Starved. Um, you can find content on there. And in the meantime, have a great summer. Thanks so much for all your support. And we will see you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us here for Oxygen Star. Our outro music, Iron Bacon, is composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. In Competech.com, Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.